Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Shanti, and today we are going to enhance your ability to trust and believe and how to be productive without boring yourself to death. And I know that sounds really crazy, and the reason why I'm excited today is because Tanya Dalton is here, and she is going to let y'all know how you can thrive through your day, through your life. We have some phrases and terms that I've never heard of that I'm really excited, and as a person who is a diehard motivator, if I will, I know I'm going to learn a lot too. So sit back, get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say it again. No, no, no. What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, Tanya, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here today. I'm going to tell everyone about you a little bit. And then I got some tough questions, but I know you love the tough questions because you get on stage, you inspire people. So (laughs) here we go. Many of us often have a hard time sticking to big New Year's resolutions. Past studies and surveys have concluded that by February, as many as 80% of New Year's resolutions will have been abandoned. This suggests that we're approaching New Year's resolutions all wrong. So how exactly can we make goals that are achievable? Tanya Dalton, international best-selling author and productivity expert, believes that when mapping out and planning your day, week, or year, it's important to consider what is the emotion you want to feel and start with the end in mind. Right around the time when these resolutions can be abandoned, how can we make sure to keep on track? When we think of motivation and inspiring and, you know, people don't get really excited about that kind of stuff. Like they get excited about food sometimes or fitness or money because a lot of times it's kind of like we're beating a dead horse and people think they know. So they think it is boring when you talk about being productive. Mm -hmm. I need to know your method and how you stay excited (laughs) when you inspire people to be productive because I'm ready for this. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, I think people feel like productivity is really constraining, like it limits them. And the truth is, it really sets you free. I like to say good productivity is kind of like your skeleton in your body. 
Without your skeleton, you can't run, skip, hop, and jump. You can't do all those amazing things you wanna do. You have to have a skeleton. You have to have that framework. And that's really what productivity is here for. It's to give you a framework so that you can go do the things you want to do, to go live your best life, to really lean into those things that have meaning for you. And it's not here to tell you that you have to do things a certain way. I think that's such an old school approach to productivity. It's that old hustle culture where it's like, oh, here's the magic pill, here's the magic button. And it's like, if you do these 25 things before you get up in the morning, then you're gonna be productive. And it's like, no, 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 that's not how it works at all. What we wanna do is we wanna figure out what's important to you. What are your priorities? What are the things that truly matter to you? Let's put that at the center and then let's wrap the productivity systems around you, your strengths and your weaknesses to really make it so that each and every day you go to bed at night and you feel incredible, you feel amazing. I just feel like people a lot of times are, are chasing busy. We're checking a thousand things off the to-do list, we're running around, we're exhausted, we're overwhelmed, falling into bed at night, our head hits the pillow and we think, oh, why didn't I get more done? Even though you were busy all day long, right? It's because a lot of times we're chasing this old idea of productivity of doing all the things instead of doing the things that really matter most. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about hustle culture, because there's been so many times where I would be scrolling through social media, obviously, because that's a, a lot of how we like receive information and deliver information. And for the longest time, and I don't want to hate on the way other people inspire and motivate and drive people to create a great existence for themselves. But the idea of hustle culture would always make me cringe because mm -hmm. I was a person when I was growing up, I was called lazy as a kid. And while I was doing a really great job, I would have to clean the yard and take out the trash. I had a horrible stepfather and he would come outside and be like, this is horrible. And so I grew up in this mindset of constantly being lazy. And then I went to therapy and my therapist was like, a lot of people who are high achievers feel this way. And a lot of people yes. who were abused as a kid in some ways feels this way because of different types of, of abuse, but a lot of times they didn't feel like they did enough. I know that's very deep, but I'm getting to the point where scrolling through social media, you would see all these people talk about hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm on a hustle train, but they wouldn't be enjoying the process. And mm -hmm. a lot of times, and I don't mean this by being shady, the hustle wasn't even followed up with moments of success. And right. so when you talk about, you know, you talked about how like you're wrapping around this, like the core of mm -hmm. things that drive you and things that you're excited about. How do you get that person who has been truly stuck in that hustle format? They don't see results. Cause you know, we always talk about like, oh, and you know, we have success. So it's easy for us to go back and talk about like, this is what I did. But what right. about that person that's stuck in the hustle? where they're truly not seeing success at the moment. And it's hard when you feel stuck, it feels like you're never gonna get unstuck, right? Mm. I love what you said there though, about how you've been labeled as lazy. We get stuck with these identities. And a lot of times in our childhood, other people place these identities on us and we take them on as truths, even when they are not true. 
And sometimes we call ourselves lazy, which is very unfair. I don't like the word lazy. Like when people are like, I'm just lazy. I'm like, no, just say, I'm choosing not to do this. Or I don't want to do that right now. Let's reframe that because it's not really lazy if it's not something that you're really wanting to do. It is a reframing. It's a shifting. It's letting go of some of those old identities that we find our value in the doing. That if I do enough, then I can earn the love. And the truth is, is you earn your love just by being here, just by getting up in the morning and breathing in and out. You have earned your love. You don't have to do to achieve. And, and that's what I want people to understand. And that's why I think it's so important to really begin with that emotion of how do you want to feel at the end of the day, which I think would be great for us to talk about. But let's, let's talk about when you feel stuck because sometimes you're in that valley and it is so dark and so deep. You're like, there is no sunlight to be found. But here's what I would say. Right now, if you're in that spot, I want you to think back on all those breadcrumbs of your life. All throughout life, we are, we're going on ups and downs and peaks and valleys. I can guarantee you've had some valleys before that were followed by some peaks. So give yourself a little bit of hope that where you are now doesn't mean you're going to stay there forever. And all it really takes is a tiny bit of effort. I think we get really caught up in the big giant leaps of life. We think about where we are now and where it is we want to go. And it seems so far apart, it might as well be the Grand Canyon. And we think there's no way I'm going to get across that, right? But if we choose to take one small step, one tiny step, one foot in front of the other, that's where it begins. And the truth is, if you put one foot in front of the other, one after the next for a full day, you'll actually cross the Grand Canyon. It's not that far away. But instead of getting caught up in how do I make this big giant leap, just think about what if I did something today? What can I do that would take me no more than... 10, 15 minutes that would get me a little bit of momentum so that tomorrow I could pick up that momentum and take the next step. Start really focusing on where your feet are right now and just that one small step forward. We get so caught up in the quantity of life and we feel like, gosh, if I do 50 things, that's amazing. When the truth is, I want you to think about this. If I were to say to you, I want you to take 50 steps, 50 different directions, where are you going to end up? You might end up in the same spot. You might end up further behind. You might end up lost somewhere totally altogether, right? But if instead I said, I want you to only take five steps, five intentional steps forward, where are you going to end up? Closer to where you want to go. It's not about the 50. It's not about the big giant leaps. It is the small steps that have meaning. And that's what I want us to focus in on. That's why I think it's so important to really understand where is it you want to go not where your parents want you to go, not where your mother-in-law wants you to go, not where anybody else wants you to go. Where no. is it you want to go? And then let's line those steps up so we get closer to where you desire going. I love how you said where you want to go because a lot of people when they are in this stuck phase, especially when they're stuck in the hustle, they're trying to get to where their friends are going. Mm -hmm. You know, there's one thing when it's, you know, my mother or father, was a business owner or a doctor or a manager and that's the path I want to take and I'm because they want me to do that which I think is unless you're passionate about the same thing because of DNA yes why are you doing what someone else wants you to do and I feel like in today's time because you know it's just like I used to do a lot of infomercials right and people would see the before and after and they would think that these results happen really quick because you're seeing it really quick on the screen. And now you have 
people spouting out, I got rich doing X, Y, and Z, and you're mm -hmm. tracing their hustle and you're not taking your five steps and you are not only back in the same place, but you have no progress because you're not, you're not taking those intentional steps that, you know, Tanya, that you talked about, which I absolutely, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. Thank you so much. So one of the things you talk about is cathedral thinking and how it helps you discover your goals. Let's talk about that because I'm like, this seems like some spiritual mess that not mess, but is it some spiritual mess that I'm like, I've never heard of it before. So can you give it to me? Yeah, definitely. Well, I call it cathedral thinking because it's based off this idea that in the 1100s, the 1200s, the, the city architects, the, the planners, the, the designers, they got together and they wanted to build something magnificent, something amazing. And they built these beautiful cathedrals. And what I think is amazing is, first of all, these cathedrals are still standing today. I mean, think about the Duomo in Florence, right? Or, or St. Peter's, or these are buildings that have lasted hundreds of years, but they also took hundreds of years to build. So it wasn't just work, it was legacy work. So when we're building a cathedral, it's looking out beyond the horizon. It's looking to this bright, beautiful future we dream about and using that as our landmark of where it is we wanna go. And that's really how we start to figure out where our goals are. So I like to say where you are now is here and think of it like a timeline. Like when you're in the third grade and you make a timeline of your life, right? You'd have a little dot that's like, you are here. And then there's a long line. Cause it's such a short timeline <laughs> at that point. It was a much shorter <laughs> timeline than it is now. But at the very end of that timeline is your cathedral. That's your potential. So let's say it's, you know, 10, 20 years down the road. That's pretty far away. And that feels like the Grand Canyon, feels really, really far away. Okay, let's make our timeline a little bit smaller. If that's our potential in 10 to 20 years, what's possible in three to five years? Right along that timeline that gets us to that cathedral. So just backing up our marker a little bit. What do we think we could possibly do in three to five years? Okay, still pretty far away, right? All right, let's back it up a little bit more. What is possible in the next 12 months, the next 18 months that I can accomplish? We're starting to get a little closer, right? That timeline's getting smaller, but it's still pretty far away. All right, if we have our potential 10 to 20 years down the road, then what's possible three to five years down the road, then what we could do practically in the next 12 to 18 months, what do we need to prioritize in the next three months, the next six months, the next nine months? Those priorities, those are your goals. Those are the goals that when you achieve them, they're gonna get you to that cathedral, to that bright, beautiful future you dream about. And that's when we make sure that the goals that we're working on are truly aligned, that they light our soul on fire, that we're excited about it because it's tied to something bigger than just today. Is that what you mean when you says, what is the impact of goals framework? Is that tie into that as well? It does tie into it because it's all about how do you talk about your goals? Because I think, you know, it's good to say, okay, here's what my goals are, but then we have a tendency to either be really abstract and we're just like, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to get healthier, right? Or we're really, really narrow focused and it's very, very specific. So the impact framework is this idea of how do you talk about your goals? And each letter in impact stands for something. So the first letter is I, it needs to be inspiring. Here's the truth. If you're not inspired by your own goals, throw them away. It is not worth doing. It is somebody else's goal. So it needs to be something that fires you up. Like, oh, I get to do this, not I have to do it. Big reset in our thinking there, right? So that's our I. Make sure when you're talking about your goals, they're inspiring. 
Then we have the M in impact. We want to make them measurable. We want to make sure that we can measure our progress. It's not enough to say, hey, I want to, I want to eat better. And, and thinking about our cathedral, right, that big, bright, beautiful future, our cathedral is probably, especially if you're listening to this podcast, that you want to be healthy, you want to be active well into your golden years. For me, I want to be flexible, I want to have really good balance, and I want to be strong in my 90s, right? Yes. So when I set my goals, it's not going to be something like I want to lose five pounds. It's really going to be something around wanting to work out on a regular basis, right? Because I want to create that healthy lifestyle for myself. It's not about the five pounds. It's creating that path so I'm getting to that big, beautiful cathedral. So, okay, how do I measure that? How do I measure going to the gym? Well, we could say, I wanna go to the gym four times a week, okay? That's a way you could measure it. So just seeing that track record. A measurable doesn't have to mean that you're looking at the scale. A number does not define you. So think about how often you're engaging in the goal. So that's our M, inspiring, measurable. Then we get to P, purpose-driven needs to be connected to a cathedral, needs to have that bigger purpose looking into the future. Then we get to A and C, which kind of go together because we want them to be adaptable, but we also want them to be challenging. We want to get out of our comfort zone because that's where growth happens. But we don't want them to be so challenging that we fail because that's when we go, oh, I'm the worst, goals never work for me, right? So we want to make sure it's pushing us out of our comfort zone. Let's go back to that idea of going to the gym, you know, four days a week. If you've been going to the gym zero days a week, that is definitely challenging. Or two days a week, or even if you've been going three days a week, it's still a challenge to up that level, right? But we wanna have some adaptability, some flexibility built in because, you know, life. <laughs> life demands flexibility. And some weeks, you're gonna have a sick kid. Maybe you're sick or you're traveling and you can't get to the gym four days a week. So a really easy way to make your goals adaptable is to add the word average. Mm. I want to go to the gym an average of four days a week. So that way we have a week where maybe you go twice because you've had a busy week. It's okay. You're still on track because maybe next week you go five times to help bring that average up to four over time. See how we add in a little bit of flexibility? Yes. And then we get to T, which is timed. So we want to have a day that we're checking in with the goal. And you might think to yourself, well, but if going to the gym on a regular basis is something I want to do and create this lifestyle, why do I want it to have timed? We want to have a point where we check in, where we say, hey, how am I doing? We need to celebrate, or maybe we need to make an adjustment. You know, maybe we didn't make it that average of four days a week. Maybe we adjust it for the next quarter of the year and we say, okay, I'm going to go an average of three times a week, and then I'll build to four times. Or maybe you did go four or five times a week. Let's up it and keep going. So that's why we want to have all those letters, inspiring, measurable, purpose-driven, Adaptable, but challenging, and then timed. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I was thinking of just my impact in general that involves a lot of that. And a lot of people get really surprised when I say my passion is absolutely not fitness. My passion 
is really how fitness is a vessel for my mental health. And a lot yes. of people ask me, you know, like, what, well, what did you do to, to stay committed to your fitness this long? And for the longest time, I could not answer the question. I have good genetics. So if I work out, I'm the kind of person that's going to see results. If I don't work out, I, my family has, you know, the genetics of also being able to gain weight. We have both. If you work out, you get really, really fit aesthetically. If you don't, well, you're going to be like, I like to say thicker <laughs> than a snicker, which is okay for me too. But I realize that the reason I get up and I'm able to go to the gym every day are these tangible things that I feel every day because results in your fitness by way of weight loss or muscle size doesn't happen overnight. And so even today when I was being trained by my trainer, it was the draining of the lactic acid after a set. It's like, I hate lifting these weights, but the feeling of that draining is this natural, weird, incredible euphoric feeling. And then, then that feeling makes me think like, wow, how did I get through this? What did I have to tell myself? And I thrive in a space of being absolutely amazed that I come up with these crazy motivating things to push myself through. And then I can use that as a vessel to inspire and motivate other people. So it involves all of your, the impact acronyms that's there. So I just, I think I want to just take this opportunity to, to tell people as they listen to you and I, you know, for my personal story is whatever your average is, it's like create an average, but also you know, what is the average message? What is, what is something beyond the act of physical or even, even financial? What is, what is something beyond just having a million dollars in a bank? Because you can literally work mm -hmm. as much as you can save money, not, not go on a vacation, you know, not live in a place that you want and you can save the money, but where's the enjoyment? What is the thing that's going to get you there? And so I just want to thank yeah. you for that because I feel like you know, creating that framework takes you out of the, you know, like what we talked about earlier, like it being boring or it being mundane. And it really becomes that passion, you know, that you talked about. We, we get caught up in goals being the end of it, right? Like one day I'll be happy when I lose weight or one day I'll be happy when I have the million mm. dollars and we get caught up in the goal and the goal is not the goal. The goal is the vehicle for the life that we want. The million dollars in the bank is all about what it gets you, the enjoyment in life, the relationship that allows you to, to have with other people, the opportunities, the amount of contribution you can do. It's a vehicle. And I like to tell people that too with their businesses. Your business is not the end goal. Your business is the vehicle for the life you want. And I think when we stop looking at our goals as the end all be all, that happiness is this finish line that is tied to a goal, that's not it at all. This is why we cross the finish line and we're like, I did it, now what, huh? And you don't feel good. It's a very real, very measurable drop called the goal setting paradox mm. that people experience after they hit a major milestone. But if it's tied to that why, that bigger, that potential, that cathedral, right? If it's purpose driven and it's inspiring, you accomplish the goal and you're like, okay, now I'm going to do what's next. And it gets you closer to where you want to go. Really understanding your why I think is so important. And like for you, how you talk about that 
feeling you get after you work out, that's what it's all about and how it causes you to have this vehicle for inspiring people. I mean, fitness is a vehicle for you to motivate and inspire other people beyond just their physical health, isn't oh, it? Yeah, for me. That's what's beautiful about getting to do what you feel inspired by. What feels purpose-driven is it's so much bigger than just what you're doing. I love being on stage. I'm not mm -hmm. nervous to be in front of people. I have zero fear in front of a crowd, but I'm, I think I've been so used to, like I was telling you how fitness is such a vessel for me mm -hmm. and that movement creating the endorphins that create the mental opening that creates the message that whenever I would get on stage to just speak at a message, I just felt very boring and flat on the inside. And people always tell me that's not the case, but it just feels... Guarantee it's not the case, but I understand that. <laughs> that's how it feels. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I'm like listening to you speak and I'm like, oh, like this is how I want to feel on stage because <laughs> it just seems so cool. So these ups and downs of our challenges and, you know, when people do get that business or when they do get married, because, you know, sometimes that's the goal. They forget that the work starts at the goal. And I talk a lot about when you run through the finish line, especially I ran track. And so I use track and field and especially the relay as a just kind of an analogy for people's life. It's like just when you finish the race, my coach always told me to run through the finish line so you can literally pass the baton to yourself so that person can run, you know, that next race. And people mm -hmm. can sometimes be like, oh, but I thought I was done. And I'm like, but it doesn't just float. <laughs> you know, you just don't float after that. It now becomes, yeah. you're now using the building blocks to continue to build on what you've already learned. And I just think that, you know, hearing you speak about that is just like super, super wonderful. And then the other thing is, and I just feel so comfortable with you that I'm just going to tell you this. One of the things I talk about in therapy is as, you know, being in a career for 25 years and, you know, becoming a dad five years ago. And so now I'm in this place of, you know, what's next? Not that I necessarily want to abandon fitness, but I've been right. running this relay for a long time. And so my other thing is, I guess I'm asking for advice since I have you here, but it's like my I'm other thing is, <laughs> yes, or at least do some framework with me because I think it will help other people who may be going through something similar. But it's kind of like, I need to leave the track meet. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. sometimes like that race is over, you know, and it's like yeah. I crossed the finish line. I ran through the line. I got the best time that I could get in that particular race. And so now I'm like, okay, is my next, I love tennis. Like, is my next analogy tennis? Because it's more strategic. It uses different, you know, movement patterns. And so, but it's kind of hard to transition for fear of disappointing people who like leaned on you and believed in mm. you. So yep. like, what would mm -hmm. you say to that? I guess yeah. I'm just going to put no. you to the test because I'm feeling it. <laughs> okay. Let me put my doctor code on real quick. Yes. Um, no, but you know what I'm hearing from you is the weight of expectation and obligation, right? Mm. That's what you're experiencing because it's like, who am I to let these people down? These people count on me. They like me in this place. And this is the thing, it kind of goes, let's go full circle back to what we talked about at the beginning with your, your stepfather calling you lazy, right? Mm. People put these identities on you and we accept them as truths. And we think that that's who we have to be now and forever. And if we want to talk about the dark side of, of purpose, 
we could say that people, it can make people feel stuck. That they feel like, if I say what my purpose is now, that has to define me for the rest of my life. And the truth is, no, your purpose should evolve. It should change. It should grow. I mean, think about who you were 10 years ago. Think about who you were five years ago when you became a dad. Think about who you were two years ago. Are you the same person today that you were then? I sure hope not because we should always be evolving (laughs) and growing. And so our purpose will evolve and grow and shift with us too. So I know for me, anytime that I am feeling that extra weight of, I can't do this. And to be honest with you, your body will tell you first, right? You'll get like a little flash of anger perhaps or frustration when someone will make a suggestion. Oh, did you just feel seen? I just, you (laughs) just, you just praised. (laughs) You need a praise (laughs) for that one. (laughs) We do though. Like someone will say, well, why don't you do this? And you get a little flash maybe of anger. Like I can't do that. Why not? Well, because this is what I do, or this is who, how people see me, or this is what people expect of me. Mm. And if there's one thing we need to let go of, it's everybody else's obligations and expectations, everybody else's identity that they have for you, because you get to choose who you are. That is the mm. biggest truth in life. That is the biggest truth that I want people to take hold of, honestly, is that we get that choice. We choose what our days look like. And sometimes people are like, oh, I have no control over my calendar. Well, then who does? It's not your kids. It's not your spouse. You're choosing to let people into your calendar, right? You're choosing to let people define who you are. And I would even challenge you if you're a person who feels like, well, nobody takes me seriously when I talk about these other things. I would challenge you and say, well, how are you talking about it? Because your words matter so much. So if you're talking about, well, I'm just doing this little side coaching thing, or I'm just, I just got this little side business. We can't be upset when other people treat us like a hobbyist because we're treating ourselves like a hobbyist. So start really defining who you want to be. Everybody else will listen when you start to say, this is who I am. When you roll your shoulders back, you hold your chin ups high and you say, I am fill in the blank, whatever it is you're wanting to be, do, move towards, people will start to believe it. Right now, the people who've been in your world a long time, they'll have a hard time with it because, oh, no, 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 this is who you are. I know you. You're the lazy kid who doesn't know how to rake the yard, right? I yes. know you. You're this person. You're the fitness guy. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so much more than that, mm. right? So we have, to, we have to learn to let go of that. And the truth is the people who will hold the tightest to our identities are our families, are the people who know us best. And we can often look at that and say, they're not supportive of us, but here's the truth. And this is a really important truth to take hold of. Those people don't want to see you evolve or shift and move in this new direction because where you are right now is safe. You've been here for a long time. It's kept you alive. It's given, given you money. It's, it's allowed you to have the life you have. It's not safe to step outside that circle. So a lot of times they'll hold you back because they're trying to love you the best they can. It's not the most healthy way of loving, but it is something we all have a tendency to do. We want to keep those people near us safe. So they'll hold you back and you have to choose to say, I love that you are loving me. I need to find my support somewhere else. We don't have to have buy-in from anybody else. Doesn't matter what your goal is. Doesn't matter what your purpose is. You are never going to get hundred percent buy-in from everyone. My mom likes to say, if you are standing on the street corner, handing out hundred dollar bills, someone would complain that their $100 bill was wrinkled. 
And that's the God's honest truth. (laughs) You're never going to make everybody happy. So why don't we work on making you happy? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I would say that there are millions of people that are in that boat where you know, transition for them and transformation becomes stifled because of them letting other people's expectations of them guide their decision-making process. Yeah. And it is scary. And in my book, my very first superpower is getting uncomfortable and you find growth in discomfort. And I believe that. So for me, oh, yeah. I thrive when things get hard. Like, I don't know why, you know, my husband and I are also very different. He hates confrontation. His expectation of what the confrontation is going to, like, show is, like, a big fight. I like confrontation because I see growth in confrontation. And I think it just has a negative connotation. But I'm like, so when I see change, it's it's actually very, like, if I know somebody who wants to change their life or they want to do something different or they want to to or they think that their race or their game is done and they're like, this is what I want to do. And they're excited about it. And like you said, they're not minimizing and talking about it as it's, it's a side hobby. I'm going to gas you up. I'm like, word, mm-hmm. like, go ahead and do that. And it is true. The people who are close to you or whatever are the people, and it is their way of loving you, but they're showing their fear instead of, showing you the support that you need in that moment in time. So that is just like, I'm just summarizing what you said to like internalize it in my brain and hopefully people out there will say the same thing. (laughs) What I think is really funny is, you know, I choose a word or a theme of the year every year. And a couple of years ago, my word for the year was discomfort because Mm. I wanted to grow. And it's easy to choose a word like transformation or metamorphosis I wanted to choose the word discomfort because when I was standing in it, I wanted to remind myself I chose this because growth is uncomfortable. So if you choose to say, I'm embracing discomfort this year, it's saying I'm choosing growth. And here's the thing too, to keep in mind, because I love what you said there about the confrontation and having the conversations. People oftentimes, we avoid the conversations, but what if everything that you want, everything you desire, is on the other side of a difficult five minute conversation. The first five minutes of the conversation are hard. After it's out of your mouth, out of your heart and into the room, it's so much easier, isn't it? So instead of trading our lives for that five minutes of discomfort, choose the five minutes of discomfort so then you can move into the life you're wanting. 
it's a big mindset shift to really recognize that it's five minutes of your life. We have like, what is it? 1,440 minutes a day, five (laughs) minutes out of one day, out of one week, out of one month, out of one year, out of one decade of your life, that could be the turning point. And we're choosing to feel like, oh, it's uncomfortable. I don't know if you remember this movie from a while ago, but you know, a thin line between love and hate. It's like Mm. the love you have for something can be so great, not necessarily people in the instance that I'm talking about, but my love for what fitness does to me is like also obviously really great, but it's also at the same time, I'm like, I compare it to professional athletes who are ready to retire, you know, they're just like, I'm football and they like love it, but their body's hurting. And they're like, I, I just can't do well, it. Well, you don't anymore. want to be Tom Brady, right? I mean, right. Talk about somebody who's stuck in an identity, can't seem to get out of that, right? Could have left football on top of the, of the game and everything else and is staying in there. It doesn't mean when you when you shift, when you move, when you evolve, it doesn't mean you discount the path you've been on. It doesn't mean you don't even love it anymore. It just means I appreciate it and I'm taking the baton and Mm. I'm moving on in this relay. I just piggybacked off of your analogy with the race. So there we go. We're working together. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hate that we have to come to a close with this conversation, but I think that people are going to be really excited because I want to know two things. The first thing I, w- I do want to know is where can people find you, like your tour, the website, like give, you know, give us that in everyone's going to want when they listen to you speak. Yeah. Well, one of the best places to listen to me is whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, you can After this is over, go and do a search for my name or The Intentional Advantage, my podcast. We have, you know, 280 some odd episodes of the podcast that I put out every other week. Uh, That's a great place to find me. You can also find me on my website, tanyadalton.com. And I'm actually going to be speaking in Austin at the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute. So if you're going to be in Austin towards the end of February, it's uh, February 24th. So it's coming up. I think it's going to be after this goes live. So that's a great place to come and hear me speak as well. I love Austin. Um, oh, I do too. <laughs> and I'm I know I would, I know I would love to hear you speak as well. Again, just finally, if you had to define trust and believe, what is the definition of trust and believe to you? I think it's really going back to a lot of that conversation we had earlier today, where it's it's leaning into who I am letting go of the obligation, letting go of the expectations, sloughing all of that off, leaving that heavy cloak of adulting behind you. Mm. Because a lot of times we don't step into what we want in pursuit of being an adult, right? We can't chase our dreams. And to me, trusting and believing is really doubling down when it comes to investing on you. Trust and believe in yourself. We're just going to end it right there. I mean, because I have nothing else to say, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time and your, I don't even want to say advice, your sermon. You can get on a pulpit. (laughs) It was a bit of one, wasn't it? (laughs) It was. Everyone, please check out the show notes. Make sure you go find Tanya. If you're listening to this on whatever podcast app, and I think you will be, continue to be inspired by her words and always trust and believe in who you are.